0: Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to cover the latest mobile flagships on the market. It's about time we touch on mobile. It's a big part of our tech lives, and we're going to get into three flagships that you may be interested in buying. We're going to touch on the features we want to see on mobile devices in the future. And then Wendy will talk to us in the camera corner segment about choosing the right lens for the job. All this and more is coming up, so sit back, relax, and plug in, because Hardware Addicts starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are two of my favorite people in the world, Wendy, our resident photographer extraordinaire and hardware enthusiast, along with Michael, the software sage and hardware padawan. This week, we're going to change things up. Normally, Michael and I would take a turn talking about our tech adventures of the week, but Wendy got us drooling this week by sending some pictures to Telegram of a computer that she's building. So this week, I'm turning it straight over to you, Wendy. Nobody cares what Michael and I've been working on when you've got a brand new (laughs) computer build going on. That's what this show's about. So tell us what you've been up to.
1: Well, it's not a full on computer builds. Most of it's the same internal hardware I've had, but my case has been broken for a while. So I needed a new case. And after talking about CPU cooling again and talking about thermal paste, all of that fun stuff. I'm like, dang it. It's not only time to reapply my thermal paste, it's time to get a super awesome cooler for my CPU. So I made some purchases and the first one was this awesome Noctua nhd 15 cooler. So, you know, it's the beast, But it's so pretty because it's all in black. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: So we got some feedback on the show when I was talking about Noctua and the fact that, you know, a lot of them are pretty ugly, the brown color. But they're such a good cooler. You just like whatever. (laughs) And it doesn't have RGB. So there's that. But they, some people were commenting, but there's this black edition out there. And you got one. It is so beautiful.
1: Oh, man, it is. So I made sure that when I bought this new case, because, you know, Mine was was broken. It was the heart or the power button on it. So the the cord has been sticking out of my system so you can turn it on and off. Yeah, it's not very pretty. In consideration of buying this case, I was making sure that it was going to be big enough for this massive cooler I was buying. But what I didn't consider in the course of (laughs) buying this cooler was how small the motherboard was.
0: This is my favorite part because in the pictures (laughs) that you take, the fan swallows the entire motherboard. There's nothing. Yes, it does. It
1: eats it. The whole thing except for so you can put a GPU on it. Goodness sakes. That's so good that my my GPU still fits. But holy moly, it does. It swallows the entire motherboard. This is a motherboard from a prebuilt system that I bought.
0: It looks like what What? they call a mini ITX motherboard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not quite the same size. If we're going by measurements, it's a little bit wonky, but it still fits in the system in a a new case, right? Well, it fit in the last case, right? This this week's been interesting. So the the case that I originally bought was a a DIY PC. There was a thermal lake that I really wanted thermal take sorry that I really wanted, but the DIY PC one was a little bit cheaper, and I'd. I definitely spent some more on the CPU cooler. So I figured, ah, well, I'll I'll go cheaper and I'll buy this one on sale. Got it all put together, which, as I was saying before, was, yeah, I, I did not take into consideration the size of my motherboard. And getting power connected on the motherboard for the CPU was, let's just say interesting
0: yeah because there's <laughs> no room for you to work left here right you've got in the picture i know we can't show this but it's basically swallowed 75 percent of the motherboard right up yeah to your pcie slot and well, we
2: can't we can't show it in the in the podcast but for people who want to see it well we will have it in the show notes
1: there you go yes so we'll, and, we'll
2: and put
0: it the, in the show notes the ram you know thankfully the way noctua makes the fan is they kind of put some notches so that you can sort of get to the RAM. But the RAM's there. Did you insert the RAM before you mounted the fan, hopefully?
1: Yeah, I was smart enough to do that. So I didn't have to take the cooler back off to get my RAM in.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Well, it still looks awesome. Is it up and running and working today?
1: Uh, no, actually it's not because the power button on that DIY PC case started sticking and I didn't even have it together for a week. And he said, nope, I'm not doing that. I had a power button that was broke. I notified, um, where I bought it from. I've sent it back and I went ahead and bought that thermal tape case that I wanted in the first place. It arrived today, so everything is sitting apart, and you all are lucky I am here and not putting my system back together.
0: I mean, that is the (laughs) ultimate, ultimate uh, (laughs) praise, really, that you're here, because when you have new geek gear out there, it's nearly impossible to do anything else. Like I always see these pictures sometimes posted on Reddit or other places where they're like, oh, I got this equipment, and I can't wait to put it together next week when I have some time. I'm like, what are you talking about? That box from the moment it hits my porch is just prey to me. Like it, it is just oh, a yes. matter of seconds before I've torn it apart, gotten the components out and start going to work. Like I always yeah. think in my head, I'm gonna clear my desk, I'm gonna get all my tools out, I'm gonna set no. I just start tearing things apart because I've gotta get I've gotta get it built. I've gotta make it come alive, like you know, Frankenstein. So
2: the way absolutely. I imagine. The way I imagine it when you see a, a photo on Reddit or something that says, I'm gonna, I, I can't wait to get in. And you're like, You took time to take a photo. What is wrong with you? Exactly.
0: It's like <laughs> people taking pictures of their dinner or something, you know, like get in there and eat it, enjoy it, <laughs> live in the moment.
1: Oh, I was so worried it was gonna show up while we were recording and I wouldn't even get to look at it before. But thankfully, it arrived before. So I was able to get it open and pulled out and then go. Dang it, I've, I've got to go.
0: <laughs> well, I can't <laughs> wait to get some updates on our next show to talk about how everything has come together. I think you made some great choices here. I also like the fact that you did something I notice a lot of consumers don't do today, which is when you get something and you've spent some time putting it together and you realize this isn't the right thing, it is a pain to take everything back out and send it back. But I think you made a really good choice there because you were going to be right back where you were square one with a broken power button that is just annoying. And I think you're going to be yeah. much happier with thermal with the thermal tape case.
1: I, I think so. It's it's huge. This thing is massive. So I, I can't wait to look at it and say, see, dear, I need a new motherboard. This one's too small.
0: That's right. That motherboard's looking <laughs> quite wimpy right now. I think you got a good excuse to get a new motherboard in the future.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This episode of Hardware Addicts and the entire Destination Linux Network is now sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewall, load balancers, and so much more. You can get all of this plus access to the world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month. Or you can use their flexible pricing structure for as low as 0.7 cents per hour. As Ryan would say, that's darn near free. DigitalOcean also has over 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. Getting started on DigitalOcean for two months Free with a $100 credit by going to do.co/ dLn. Again, you can get started on DigitalOcean with that $100 credit by going to do.co dLn and we thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode.
0: So let's get into our core story of the week. So when we discuss hardware that powers the technology world, we cannot ignore mobile devices. In episode five, it's important we move our attention to one of the most innovative hardware in our time. And we are living with, we are experiencing the age of mobile phones. The mobile industry spits out new devices, of course, at such a quick rate, it's nearly impossible. And we'd have to rename this to Phone Addicts if we were to cover every device that comes out. But there's a couple flagships that have hit the market recently it have some really impressive specs, and I thought we would take these flagships at least and cover them in this episode, because every hardware geek cares about what phone they have on them. The first phone that's got everybody kind of got their attention, you've got a lot of YouTube videos and things coming out on this device, and because it comes from one of the leaders in the mobile phone market, which is Samsung, is the new S20 lineup. And this phone has ludicrous level specs. Beside the specs, the whole focus, including in their marketing and everything else, is primarily focused almost entirely on the camera. So I have to think, Wendy, that has some intrigue to you. I don't know if you use your mobile device at all as a camera or if you just carry around a giant DSLR (laughs) everywhere you go. But I I would think every once in a while you snap some pictures with with a phone camera, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while I use the the camera on my phone and it's mainly for, you know, taking a picture of something and sending it to my husband real quick or, you know, whatever. But if it's a main family event or we're doing something, believe me, my camera's there.
0: There you go. So this one, this packs a triple rear camera that starts with a 12 megapix- megapixel wide sensor that's 1.8 microns. The telephoto lens uses a 64 megapixel sensor that's 0.8 microns and the 12 megapixel ultra wide camera as well, that they somehow fit onto the back of this. Then they have the S20 Ultra, which has a 12 megapixel ultra wide sensor with 1.4 microns, field of view of 120 degrees, aperture of f2.2, and packs a 64 megapixel telephoto lens with 100 times zoom. So normally when I'm reading off specs like that on a piece of hardware, it's, just, it's like looking at the matrix code in the movie. I, I can translate <laughs> it perfectly to what it actually means. In this case, I get some of it, but maybe you can help me out here, Wendy. Is this impressive?
1: For me, it's not necessarily. You can talk megapixels all you want, and I don't care how many megapixels your camera has. I want to see the proof. What did the images look like? Because megapixels mean absolutely nothing to me. I want to see what the images look like.
0: Interesting. Did you have a chance to look at some of the things they were throwing out there in the commercials or anything? I know that doesn't matter because a lot of times they touch that stuff up. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, they, they really tend to hype that up. Um, I watched one video, goodness sakes, I can't remember his name right now. But he does a, a great job giving real world examples, of the pictures and and they were fine. You know, I, I think they looked great for cell phone pictures. They'd be fantastic for taking quick pictures of your kids. I strongly believe that the camera you have is the best camera, right? Because it allows you to capture stuff in the moments. But would I go out of my way to drop a phone and pick this up for the camera?
0: Nope. Interesting.
1: It, it didn't look that impressive to me at all as far as the results of the pictures that were taken from the camera.
0: So I know sensor size has a lot to do with how much light it lets in. And, and if you're taking pictures, I believe the sensor size, it's it say in dark settings that the sensor size can make a difference in that case is that correct
1: sensor size can help a lot of that also comes with the technology and the software included with the sensor so you can have a fantastic sensor but horrible processing on the back end and you still end up with the crappy picture that makes sense. i'm not saying that samsung on their cameras is going to have really crappy processing but there's only so much you can do still with these very tiny sensors, and all the data you're supposed to be capturing, they they really just can't get it all.
0: That makes sense, and I think that it can be misleading to people at times when they go and they look at the DSLR out there and they say, "Oh, it's only 12 megapixels." That's the same megapixels as my phone camera. So I think it's interesting that you break that down, and that that's not everything. Additionally, they talk about the hundred times zoom, and I was watching some footage of people utilizing the hundred times zoom and it was so grainy you couldn't print it out or even utilize it you couldn't even make out the face of the person they were taking a photo of now you may be able to get you know maybe some big text like the back of a license plate or something or get the general idea of what the photo was but it really wouldn't be something you would use in practice so while it has some of these cool specs not necessarily something that's going to go out there and make you go hey i don't need to bring around my professional camera anymore. I have the S20.
1: Right. I mean, if if all you have is your smartphone camera, they're, they're definitely making better cameras, smartphone cameras. But we're no longer in the point where every time they come out with a new generation, it's leaps and bounds better. We're getting just kind of better. And we're having really big numbers to make it sound like it's fantastic. But really, it's just my new.
2: I also think it's it's interesting. They have big numbers where they went from 10 to 20. Just jump straight to twenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. It's the same it's like NVIDIA doing it too. It's like they're in from ten eighties to twenty eighties and stuff. And it's like it's kind of it's kind of interesting how these companies are like following this trend of like, oh, we we can't do eleven, even though there's a meme of turning it to eleven, and they still can't do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and doesn't this one support oh, I think it's like a hundred and eight megapixels what they're going off on one of the versions of the Samsung S twenty. I haven't
0: seen that high of a number, but I wouldn't be surprised if they threw some random weird spec in there. I know they've got the big field of view, you know, that they're talking about the 120 degrees that they have of uh, view angle here. But I think if you take away the camera portion and we look at the inside of the phone or the thing that a lot of people are interested in, you've got the choice between a 6.2 to 6.9 inch OLED display. And. That's huge at six point nine inches. That has to be one of the biggest phones they've ever released. That's you know to be
1: honest, I love big phones.
0: I do too. Big phones are awesome, but <laughs> I, it's getting to the point where you're just carrying a tablet around.
1: That yeah, is it's a, tablet. a phablet for sure. Yeah,
2: no, that's that's that the difference between a tablet and that phone is point 0.1 inch. That is a fa- that is a tablet. That one is can absolutely- make a
1: call and one nope. can't. So
2: but it's still a tablet size. All you got to do is put like a <laughs> uh, software phone VoIP thing on there. You're done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, put mean, Discord on your, you on your on your tablet and you can make calls could. on on tablets and things. But yeah, I I think that they are definitely getting into the tablet range with this phone. They are they're going for the gamers 120 hertz, you know, over the 60 hertz standard that we're used to seeing on phones. That's and cool. the 60 hertz standard we're seeing on monitors. However, the 120 20 hertz here has to be manually set. So it's not automatically there. And it automatically reverts itself back to 60 hertz when the battery uh, drops or gets too hot. So when the battery level drops, it gets to a certain level, like 30% or 40%. I don't know what that level is, but it's going to revert you back to 60 hertz. So it's taking a ton of power to run that screen at that size at 120 hertz, and that's going to be a little bit costly to the performance there. So it's not something you can just leave on. They do have a 1440p option, but you can't have 120 hertz when that's enabled either. So you've kind of got to make some choices of what mode you want to run the
1: other.
2: this device. It sounds in. like they, they made these possible just so they could have them on the spec sheet because it's like they don't work together, but you can have one or the other.
0: Exactly. You know, they, they definitely have ticked all the boxes Samsung has on anything anybody says from a spec standpoint they have covered here, including a 64-bit octa-core processor with is the Qualcomm latest Snapdragon 865 in here, which has some impressive boosts of 2.7 gigahertz. It's really an interesting processor that they've thrown out. The device can record at 8K, 24 frames per second, though, and that's that's really, really slow. If well, and it's
1: 8K only using a small portion of the sensor. So it's going to crop you in dramatically and reduce your viewing angle when you use that 8K function.
0: Yep. 4K, oh, you could do 60 frames per second. So that's a, a little better, but it's going to have massive battery drain in any of those modes there you're going to be dealing with. So don't expect to be taking an hour long 4k video, it's not going to work out for you very well.
2: I mean, 24 K or 24 frames is more like the cinematic uh, amount of frames. So that's maybe yeah. that's why they did that. But the 4k thing at 60 frames, that's actually pretty impressive. And I, I would if, if I was going to use my phone to record something for a long period of time, like an hour or so, I would just put it on a tripod and connect it to some power and then use it that way. So the battery jam wouldn't really be a big deal. Yeah. So although, although if I was vlogging, that'd be impossible.
0: Let me, um, while all these specs are really impressive, and hats off to Samsung, I mean, they really packed a lot into a tiny device, and you can't take that away from them, even though some of these features may be a little bit fluff, they're still there, and they packed it all into one device, but you may be turned off by the price here, because the base model is $999. And it goes all the way up to thirteen hundred and ninety nine dollars for this device. It's going to be a really costly device, and that to me is a huge personal detractor. I was having a really hard time swallowing this thousand dollar for a phone idea, and now that we're crossing into you know closing in on fifteen hundred plus, some of these phones now are going over that for these flip devices and kind of specialty yeah, devices. Yeah, the Fold
2: was like 2000 or something already. It's just Ooh. getting
0: insane. I mean, you're talking yeah. a full-on computer, which people say, well, your phone is a computer, but it, you can't do the same productivity. Yeah, I can't make sort of as much computer. money on my phone as I can sitting in front of a computer. So to me, it makes it much more difficult at this time. Yeah. To really swallow the idea of 1500 near $1,500 for a device. That's insane. If I'm
1: dropping that much money on tech, I'm building a whole new computer and I'm, making it, I'm building a nice one.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I also think it's kind of hilarious considering the smaller the, the phone becomes, the more expensive it is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I want to play a game with you guys as we go through these phones. At the point where you find the phone that you're like, I would buy it. You're going to hear the price. You're going to hear the specs. I want you to shout out, take my money, so that people know (laughs) where we are with these phones that we're going to go through. Um, So, is is anybody at a take my money yet on Samsung already? Or are you guys going to cheat and wait till the
2: very end? Well, I'm probably going to cheat and
1: wait till the end. Uh, Of course.
2: I I won't cheat, but (laughs) I will say that I will not, I will keep my money on this one. You're going to keep your money on this one.
1: My husband will admit that that's not cheating. That's just how I roll. I <laughs> want to know what all the options are and then think about it for a month or two. And then
0: well, we're not going to wait a month to get your opinion <laughs> on it. You don't
1: got a month. Okay, I'll give yeah. you an answer today, but you're all going right. to have to wait till we're through all the phones.
0: Fair enough. All right, the next one I am really excited about. Now, this one I cheated a little bit because it's not a brand new phone. It's unlike these other two that we're going to cover This phone has actually already been out on the market for a little bit. It was released late in 2019. It's the ASUS ROG 2. ROG stands for Republic of Gamers. All of us hardware geeks know about ASUS. It's a well-trusted brand in motherboards, laptops, GPUs, network devices. And now you can add phones to that list as well. The ROG comes with a Snapdragon 855, so the generation just before the 865 released. You still get the 120 hertz at a one millisecond response time. You get the Mm -hmm. AMOLED, up to 12 gigabytes of RAM, 6,000 milliamp battery, and this is the cool part. This is the part that gets me going. It comes with a ton of gaming accessories that turn this device into the equivalent of what a Nintendo Switch looks like. So you can take controllers that it has. It doesn't come with these in its initial box. You have to buy this stuff separate, but it's still cool. You have these controllers that attach to the side, just like the Switch has that attach to the side of the mm-hmm. screen. You've got a kit that you can get that has a dual screen twin view dock that basically turns it into, I guess, the, the best thing I could describe it as like a 3DS. You remember how they have the screen in yeah, yeah. the bottom oh, yep. and the top? So you can add a second uh, dock to this that adds a, an additional screen to it. And it even has RGB lighting. I mean, come Uh,
2: on. Oh, I don't need any more. You got me with the RGB lighting. Uh, (laughs) Take my money.
1: (laughs) No, I think the best part about this phone is the front firing speakers.
0: Yes. That is such a beautiful thing, isn't it?
1: Oh, yes, it is. And it's been a while since I've had a phone with front firing speakers and I miss it. I miss it so much. So that was the thing when looking over this one, that battery is huge. And that part is awesome because, you know, we're busy all day long. It's wonderful not to be stuck to a cord, but front facing speakers. That's the gem of this phone for me. Can
0: make yeah, all I the think, difference in the world in sound. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think there's only like I don't know of anything I'd want that this phone doesn't have. So like the ridiculous. The, okay. Here's the question: the resolution that it has for that 120 hertz. Can you actually use it? What they claim that you can. That's the question.
0: Yeah. All of the all of the pictures that I've seen of this device in action and playing games have been quite impressive. The one thing that I did notice is. That this particular phone, the controller accessories don't work in every game. So you, you get you spend all this money and get these great controller accessories and then you can't use them. So you have to slide them off and then just use the touch screen because a lot of games assume you don't have a controller or things like that. Now, the dock comes in handy. Because, you know, it adds kind of that dual screen. So you got one you're touching on or going through your inventory and the other one you're watching the game on. So that works with anything. But as far as the controllers go, it's going to be hit or miss. But of course, you could always use like a Bluetooth controller like anything else as well and add it, that in there. Now, this is a 6.59 inch screen. So it's still a fairly big screen here. HDR display, 10 mm. bit, absolutely gorgeous screen that you'll be quite impressed with. I don't do a lot of gaming, and we talked about that. We don't do a lot of gaming on our phones. I don't think any of us did, but this may change my mind a little bit. Like, I would be probably a lot more apt to play a game on my phone with this thing cooking. Really? Yeah, because it's the Nintendo Switch experience. You know, you've got, I feel like it's an actual game console. Every time I play games on my phones, you know, they just end up getting so hot. And the battery dies so quickly. And then the experience of trying to play with touch controls is generally there's a sacrifice. So the game will automatically run for you, for instance, and you're just pushing buttons to jump or it has a lot of auto aiming capability. So I don't feel like I'm really playing a game. Um, It's more of kind of, I don't know, a toy But once you start adding all the controls in for the games that will play it, I think it starts, you know, becoming a more serious game console at that point.
1: They've had to do some pretty heavy duty cooling on the inside of this, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they've done some impressive things and the phone's probably a little thicker than most of your phones in in this arena and when i look on the back they've got a lot of ventilation and things built into the back very smart layout that they have to, to in order and it's to incorporate not super thick this.
2: though it's no. thick but it's not like it's not like so excessive you call it a brick or anything no like not it, at all it, it looks yeah. like a normal phone it looks like the thickness of a phone from like a few years ago but has the power of something you don't think should even exist yeah and it's it's
0: 9.48 millimeters Thick or zero point three seven inches, so that's pretty thick. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's crazy. And I actually think that this is th- this is a a sick looking phone, and I I have actually wanted it for a while. Uh, and I there's even more and more I look into it, and more and more I want it. But uh, I also wanted to point out that if you, when you put it into the dock, it also becomes a folding phone at that point. So it's got even that buzzword to it.
0: Nice, <laughs> and you don't have to spend. to get one. The screen is 2340 by 1080. Again, at 6.59 inches. It's got the Gorilla Glass 6. It's got blue light filters for eye care. They care about your eyes. That's that's how much this phone loves you. It cares about your eyes, too.
2: Yeah, the blue light filter automatically built in. Like, that should be every device that uh, everything should have a blue light filter, just period. Any kind mm-hmm. of technology that has give a screen us a brain on filler that.
0: on that for a little bit, Michael. Why is blue light filter matter for people who've never heard of the term?
2: Okay, well, blue light is a is what basically all of the uh, LEDs that you have are normally in a blue light form. And what happens is when you when you have a screen in your uh, sh- hitting your retinas, when it blue light makes you feel more alert, more energetic, and more awake because it kind of messes with your what's the phrase
1: circadian rhythms.
2: Circadian rhythms. That's right so it's messing with your circadian rhythms and when you remove the blue light at an, on a nighttime period it allows you to you know be more naturally focused on you know like your brain will actually not be constantly hyped up that's why if you ever if you're laying in bed and you have your phone and you're just looking at your phone you can't go to sleep it's because that blue light is forcing your alertness and if you have it in a red mode or you just dim out the blue and most of the time when you dim out the blue it turns into like a red tint and if you have that red tint, it, you will actually go to f- go to sleep faster. And it's a um, it's if having it like a nighttime mode on a device is so nice for anybody who like wants to work at night, but doesn't want to do like energy needed tasks. But you want to do like, you know, reading up on something or whatever that doesn't require the accurate color. Then it's it's just a fantastic approach. And I've used it on on phones, laptops, desktops, everything. And it is so much better to have it than not. And you, and you, there's no way to even like understand until you use it. Absolutely. Like I can, like you'll, yeah. you'll know it, but until you actually try it and feel the difference, because it doesn't seem like, oh, the different color lights really going to affect me that bad. Yeah, it actually kind of will. And there's also, this is, this also relates to why when you go to your, uh, when you go to a, like get a light bulb and you put a, like a home light bulb is like an orange warm glow. Instead of the daylight bulbs, because those daylight bulbs are blue light, and they will actually, you know, for having them on at all times, will mess with you just in the same way.
0: That's so interesting, and I want to take a moment and just pause and maybe give an applause for the fact that this is the first time Michael is given a brain filler on hardware addicts, <laughs> and that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and he did a yeah. great job. So thank you for Woo-hoo! explaining that. Sweet. All right. So if you're interested in the camera on this I device, something. 48 megapixel camera, <laughs> which we learned from Wendy, don't really care what they're going to put there, 48 megapixel, 20 megapixel, it's really about- Yeah,
1: watch the reviews and see what the images look like if you're wanting to buy a phone based on its camera.
0: There you go. It's got a 125 degree viewing angle for those photos. Now, there are multiple versions of this phone, so if you go on Amazon, you want to pick one up because you're not going to be able to get one through a carrier that I found, at least here in the U.S., they range from between six hundred to seventeen hundred dollars. The big difference between them is what's included with the package as well as the storage, because the seventeen hundred dollars comes with a one terabyte of storage. One Holy terabyte crap. of storage on a phone. And Holy crap. That's pretty insane. This is a
1: terabyte of storage and a six hundred six thousand milliamp hour battery. That is That's a lot to pack into that little device.
0: Now, before you hit buy, Wendy, because I can just feel you might be out there on Amazon right now, I got to tell you the downside to this device is it lacks 5G support. Now, depending on where you live, some people are going to go, so what? I won't see it for (laughs) the next 10 years anyways. Yeah,
2: it lacks 5G support. So does my area.
0: (laughs) So does Mm -hmm. my area. (laughs) So if you're somebody who's looking for 5G, obviously the Samsung S twenty comes with 5G. This device does not have a 5G option. So that would be the only downside. But did I mention it
2: has 12 gigabytes of RAM
0: as well? 12 gigabytes. I don't think of you RAM? did, but
2: that's another awesome ridiculous thing. Yeah. This like,
1: really is designed for the phone gamer. It is.
2: Yeah. I Or just or just someone who says, you know what? A phone is not enough. I need a monster in the shape of a phone.
0: There you go. <laughs> so for me, this is without a doubt the phone that's take my money.
1: So you and Michael are both all in on this Asus, huh? Yeah.
2: I mean, it had me at the RGB stuff, but then, it, you know, we kept adding more and more great stuff for sure. I mean, you know, all this stuff is fantastic. This is easily a take my money and um, maybe even twice Uh, that's just
1: oh that's a lot for you
2: You, you'll have you'll be dual wielding versions of this phone it's so good (laughs) yeah it's that's how good it is that's how impressed i am by it i love it all
0: right so we've got one more contender up here that may make you change your position maybe you'll flip once you hear this it's the sony xperia 2 after fairly successful launch of their first xperia phone they're back with two new versions now of Xperia. You get the Xperia 2 and the Xperia 2 Pro. Now all of their marketing, Michael, because we gotta make fun of marketing sometimes with these companies, actually call this phone <laughs> the Xperia 1-2. What? It, Isn't yes.
1: that ridiculous? And the what Xperia
0: One2 Pro. I don't know. They I guess they think somehow the Xperia 1. 1- is part of the name. It just doesn't make sense to me, but that's what I've seen in all of the marketing. Yeah, it wasn't the
2: first that wasn't the first edition just called Xperia, and that's it.
0: Apparently, this one's one two. So if, <laughs> okay. you, if you go and it was really confusing when I was looking up the specs and information on this device oh, because you would it. see Xperia One. And then I wouldn't recognize the two and I'd skip the article. I'm like, this is weird. I'm searching specifically <laughs> for two. Why does
2: it keep showing Xperia ones? It's because it's Xperia one, two. Yeah, that's that's weird. Super weird. But I think, uh, OK, this is obviously not what they're going for, because I'm just trying as a marketer, try to figure out somehow to justify this awful decision. And I'm thinking maybe it's a boxing reference to give them all one, two.
0: Oh, nice. Um. Yeah, the one, two. They're, it's the killer. <laughs> it's the iPhone killer. <laughs> Exactly. You're, just you're punch giving them, them
1: the benefit of the doubt that they really don't deserve here. Yeah,
0: yeah. they don't. It's, you're it's, right.
2: It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All
0: right. So the Xperia 2 base is pretty yawn inducing. However, the Pro version of this phone coming out is more alluring for those who are into cameras. Uh, specifically, the Pro camera is meant to be integrated with a DSLR camera by the fact that it has a built in mini HDMI port. I was looking at pictures of this, and they're taking this phone, and they're connecting it through a base and an attachment to their DSLR, and it allows them to actually have this huge view screen, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a
1: monitor for your device, so you have a much bigger viewing window to see the picture you're taking. How useful Uh, is
0: something like that to you? I mean, now these DSLRs come with a pretty big monitor built in. Okay.
2: A a secondary monitor, like a detachable monitor that is very that can be very useful, even for like I don't do photos, but video stuff. It's definitely going to be very useful, especially you can just turn it around and look from the other direction. But, you know, you can just buy a screen for that. That's
0: true. The Xperia 2 gets a Snapdragon 865, a 90 hertz screen. So they went over the 60, didn't quite go to 120 or 144. They stuck with 90, 3.5 millimeter jack. But no 5G on US versions? At least that's the rumor right now. And that is a very head scratching decision there. I have to believe that the pro version in these will get 5G. So don't hold me to that. But that's what some of the news was saying on this. The Snapdragon 865 packs a one times Cortex A77, three times Cortex A77, and four times Cortex A55 and an Adreno 650, all in this Snapdragon, which is the same processor, by the way, that we talked about with the Samsung S20. You get eight gigabytes of RAM, a 4,000 milliamp battery, 6.5-inch AMOLED, 4,000 milliamp battery, 3,840 by 1644, and a 12-megapixel telephoto wide and 3D time-of-flight
2: lens. Yeah. What does time-of-flight mean? What is a time-of-flight lens? It's a 3D lens, and I have no idea. Whatever that means. Uh Wendy.
1: It is jargon for rangefinder. Oh, Oh, perfect. Marketing.
2: Yeah. Yes. They're using some sort of ridiculous marketing, just like the one, too.
1: Well, (laughs) absolutely.
2: No,
0: you guys are completely (laughs) wrong. It's a range imaging camera system that employs time of flight techniques to resolve distance between the camera and the subject for each point of the image by measuring the round trip time of an artificial light signal provided by a laser and LED. Come on, people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Wikipedia. it's a rangefinder. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you, Wikipedia.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so this is a pretty cool device for those who are pro photographers. Now, all three devices Whoa. we have covered here are using this universal flash storage versus the embedded multimedia card storage. The universal flash storage delivers SSD like speeds on mobile devices. So if you see that UFS, you know what it means, what they're talking about here. It's able to offer over three times faster read and write and can do this in a full duplex standard. And what that means is it can read and write simultaneously. By contrast, the embedded multimedia card technology that we've been using before can only read or write data at a specific given time, not at the same time. UFS does all this while maintaining the same power levels and needs that emmc needs so it's a much better technology so you're going to see ufs a lot yeah
2: that seems way. one
1: thing i'd like to to hit on on the sony though is i know it's on the software side but they really do give you a lot of control over that cell phone camera getting to choose your shutter speed and your iso all of these different manual things that you can control that some of the other phones don't and a big bonus for me, which, of course, I'd pick this out since I'm a camera girl. It has a Zeiss lens. And anybody who knows cameras, Zeiss makes amazing quality glass. So them putting a high quality lens in front of their camera definitely means you're more likely to get a better image out of it.
0: And what Wendy has taught me so far in these episodes of Hardware Addicts is glass is everything. Yes, Mm-hmm. There you go. So is this a take your money?
1: Of the three yes, this one would be the the take my money.
0: Interesting. So two for the Zeus rog 2 and one for the Sony Xperia 2 and I thought this one might be the one that got your attention. Now would you use the feature where you use this as a secondary monitor?
1: Yeah, absolutely i've I've got one. That I use already for video, which you guys got a little taste of earlier this week as I was playing with it and my new cooler. But it is so nice when you're working with different things to have a larger view of what you're taking a picture of sometimes, especially if it's on a tripod and your camera's not moving and you can make some slight adjustments. I'd absolutely use that feature. Very
2: nice. Definitely. It's definitely a cool idea. Uh, and especially considering I don't think anybody else has done that, you know that's pretty awesome. And they do have a courage jack, so I give them credit for that. There yeah. you go. That's, that's for those who don't know. That's the headphone jack. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's really good. I think that I think Xperia two is pro. Well, the one two, obviously. I think it might. It's the sec- it's the secondary's choice for me. Like I think there's a lot of great things about it, and I think that the like the way that Sony treats the you know modularity and control for the user is is, a, is what I. One of the things I care about the most. But then I look at the specs of the ROG too and go, yeah, you win.
0: And I realized we weren't fair to the S20 because I didn't talk about the RAM. It, too, comes with a whopping 12 gigabytes of RAM standard, which is still very impressive, but only goes up to the 512 gigabytes of internal storage. Compared to the ROG 2, which goes up to that
2: terabyte, which is quite a difference there. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't have RGB or Fold, so who cares about this? By
0: the way, the RGB on the ROG 2 is controllable as well, just like on a motherboard when you have the RGB oh, lighting. Cow. So you can make it kind of flash and breathe and <laughs> do all those different kind of things, which is pretty cool.
2: That's ridiculous. That's and all I, all I, I need more is now.
1: another thing lighting up that I'm like, oh, what's wrong?
2: You know what? Well, you actually could use it as a value because you could set it up where... I would assume I don't know if this is how it would work, but I assume you could like make it where it would like the lights would go brighter and like shine more when you have a phone call or something, making it easier to find your phone when you have placed it on your desk. My wife's calling me
0: and I have it glowing red, like red alert, red (laughs) alert, red (laughs) alert. Exactly. Brian's
1: in trouble.
0: Exactly. Again, he bought something he wasn't (laughs) supposed to. So. Now that we've talked about these three devices and we've decided which ones we want to spend our money on, or theoretically would if we just had bags of cash, but of course, any of these companies, are feel free to send this one for free if you want us to talk about it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Let's talk about what we think these phones are missing. Because for me, when we're getting into this price range, there's one thing that I feel like is missing terribly out of these devices. If I'm going to start spending $1,000 or more on a phone, then I need repairability and modularity, meaning I want a base like I have with my desktop PC that allows me to pull out. Now, different phones have tried this in the past. There's been a couple versions of this and they haven't been real successful. And I think because a lot of people are not sure they're actually reliable, that they're going to continue coming out with components and things that they can upgrade. But this to me is something really important that I think consumers need to start demanding and including especially one thing you can do to demand it is hit up these big YouTube channels and these popular outlets that talk about these phones and put comments and things in there saying, what about repairability? What about being able to upgrade it? Because it, it's nobody's talking about this with any of these phones. If you go out there and look at the reviews, we've all just accepted that you're gonna spend this money and you have no ability to really repair this thing on your own. I do a lot of phone repairs and they're getting more and more obnoxious as you go along. It's harder to get the glass off, it's harder to take them apart, and it's even more difficult to get them back together. They keep changing screw standards, so you gotta buy special screw sets to, to get the screwdriver sets to get the screws out and it's just completely obnoxious. And that's something if you, you want to sell consumers, and look, these phones will probably sell no matter what I say, but if you really want to sell me on a phone like this, repairability is something I'm looking for.
1: And Sony seems to be pretty good on the repairability stuff. Um, I believe they have official parts with I fix it and tear downs for fixability. So they are one of the companies that cares that way. Uh, that's one reason I purchased Motorola is their stuff. It's easy to get authentic parts and have them fixed.
0: Very nice. I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, a, that's start. a great point.
2: I think the repairability yeah. is, is a fantastic point. And the fact that we haven't been able to open our phones and take it, replace the battery in what? Five years. Yeah. is yeah. a shame and just stupid. Like we want it super small. It doesn't need to be a feather. It can be slightly thicker. You know, it's not a big deal. Let me take off the back.
0: Absolutely. And it's really easy, I think, for a design aspect for them to create this modular device and pieces. The camera, obviously, could be a modular piece in itself. The battery, naturally. Storage is an area where you could just have pieces. I I, I believe it might have been Motorola that tried a phone like this where you would pull off different pieces. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just... It was Motorola. They did. And it, it was
2: like these little block pieces, and right. it was uh, it was really interesting, but it was also kind of wonky and it looked weird. So it like it was functionally cool, but you didn't really want to use it.
1: Are you talking about their Z line, their Moto Z? Yeah, and that that's actually what I use. I use their Moto Z line with the modular pieces.
0: That's so cool. See, maybe that's, it, how, that's the how one that do you replace the our modular boats?
2: pieces
1: they they haven't needed replaced so far and the nice thing about it is if you want you know an added speaker they've got speakers for it um right, but can you, I mean, like my kind of,
2: my ideal was like the when i first saw them i thought they would, maybe you could do upgrades and get better pieces with that can you do that
1: they it doesn't actually upgrade the hardware of your phone it's an additional piece for usability
2: oh okay
0: yeah, so this that particular phone you're talking about, that one has the kind of attachments for gamepad you can add onto it, similar to the ROG but not quite yeah. as, you know.
2: There was geeky. one phone I know, I don't remember who made it, but it, you could act it was like these little pe- like it was like a puzzle piece where you could take apart like take off of the, like the CPU and stuff.
1: Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that one, but called. I can't remember what it was called, like a Robin maybe.
2: Write us and I let
0: us know. know in the Telegram group. Or not? maybe in the Telegram group for Destination Linux, but also in the Destination Linux discourse forums, if you remember what phone we're talking about. All of us can picture it, but I can't remember what its name was. But um, you're right. You had block devices you would pull off and you could upgrade the things like memory and stuff. And That's That's what I was thinking of when I was
2: talking about the Motorola one, but it definitely is not that one.
0: (laughs) The other thing I want from phones is an easy alternate OS support. So... There are there's a device yeah. out there called the Pine phone, which I'm really excited about because it has a removable battery. It's all open source, very much security and privacy driven device. So it's a niche in that area. But you can put a micro SD card into this phone and boot a completely different S, a different operating system right off that micro SD. And then when you pop that micro SD out, boom, you go back to the base operating system. And a lot of people have issues with the big phone operating systems these days and are very concerned with their privacy and things and they want an alternate os on there for various purposes and to me that would be something of a feature that i would love to have seen on one of these
2: yeah i would love that i the pine phone is is something that looks really awesome but i i would like i'm a big fan of that especially considering the price is so reasonable like it's only 150 for those who haven't heard of it it's it's a really interesting i mean it's not like a you know, a flagship device, but it's still pretty impressive for that pr- the price that they give you. Uh, the I would love to see a flagship device that had the ability to uh, boot for micro SD or something so that you could have Android and then something else. And then if you needed to use Android, you could go into it, but didn't you didn't have to at all times. That would be so fantastic. Like, I, I think as as a, as a marketer, I do have to use Android in certain cases because some apps only re- uh, like require iOS or Android and i would you know i i i have to use it in, the, in those cases but if i if i could switch back and forth that easily just by rebooting the phone that'd be amazing yep
1: yeah the the pine phone looks absolutely great that way sony has a history of having their bootloader unlockable directly from True. the company so i'm not sure if this version does but they do have a history of allowing people to change the operating system on their phones.
2: Yep. Wendy is making my take my money slightly change now.
0: You might go the Xperia too, huh? You're <laughs> to give up all the RGB lights? I don't know. Do it, I'm so torn.
2: I'm <laughs> torn.
0: <laughs> Tell me, is there anything else that we're not covering here that you would need to see on a phone for or that you want to see on the phone in the future?
1: I think we really share a lot of the same concerns there as, you know, is the device repairable? And can I do with my device what I'd like to do with my device? One of the biggest concerns I have with phones in general is price. And that seems to be going completely and totally out of control. I've been using quote unquote mid-range devices for a few years now. And I really don't see the need to spend a $1,000, $1,400 on a phone. It, It just doesn't seem like it is worth it to me for that. That price point,
2: yeah, especially when they make new releases the next year that are slightly better. You know, that's but, the good yeah. thing
0: about going with the Zeus Rock too is that it's already been out there, and you might be able to pick it up on the used market for a much better price than you know the the retail price. Especially when some of these next gen five G phones hit, and that's all the rage, and we're all and sitting here in cities going, stupid. "Yeah, it'll be ten years."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually something I have that I I think that it's kind of weird that durability is irrelevant to phones. And I, I remember a time where they, you know, the, the old flip phones, they would like show you could drive, drive over them and it'd be fine. And now we have these things that if you slightly look at them wrong, the, cl- the screen will crack. Like it is the, they're like, they're, they're designed. Like, yes, they are like little uh, bricks of magic. That's yeah. essentially what they feel like. But why does every phone manufacturer make the phone so weak? and you Breakable. just drop it one time and it is gone. Well, and they don't come with cases ever. You have to buy an like every phone everybody gets a case. Like at least provide cases. Like it's I just think it's actually impressive very weird.
0: how sturdy they are considering the materials that they make them out of. But yeah. I agree everybody the first thing you do when you get a new phone Most everybody. I know there's some that are, you know, living on the edge of the world and want to see the world burn and don't put a case on their phone. (laughs) But outside of those people, the first thing I do when I get a new phone is I go buy a case and put it on there. And, you know, it's an additional expense on top. I know, you know, now iPhones making their own cases and things. And people, by the way, may be saying, why haven't you guys covered the new iPhones out there? Uh, I have. Been in the iPhone family for a while. I like iPhones. They're they've been great. There's a lot of arguments I could make that of why I think in a lot of cases they're better than Android from a software standpoint in certain areas. In other areas, they're weaker. But at the end of the day, the new iPhones were a complete disappointment. My wife has the latest iPhone 11. It's just the hardware on it is a disappointment. The phone itself is a disappointment. Software has been a disappointment, and Apple's frankly lost a lot of their edge that they've had in the last few years. It used to be pretty much Apple would come out with a new phone. Everybody copied everything from Apple. And yes, I've been in those arguments a million times, but I'm in the industry. <laughs> Believe me, they copied Apple. And and then everybody would you know follow whatever Apple was going to do next. And now you're starting to see them break away from that idea of let's just keep removing stuff. the the cameras and things were good on them. In some cases, they'll say compared to some of these phones in the video reviews that the iPhone camera is comparable or just as good. Uh, But the overall experience on them, I think, is severely lacking compared to these Android devices. So that's why I didn't cover the iPhone here in, in this case in the comparison. Number one, they've been out for a long time now. Number two, they don't really have anything that matters in the market. Now their processor that they utilize is still as fast and in some benchmarks still faster than the new Snapdragon 865. So props to Apple.
1: But Michael brings up a good point with the how easy they are breakable. With what my husband does, he's usually working on large equipment and welding. Having things break is a serious issue for us. So yes, There has to be a case on it. We've had one work, one week where he's broke three glass screen protectors with inside of that week. So it is very important to no matter what price point you get your phone, protect it because drops, spills happen. And in our life, just the general day to day is rough on these electronics.
0: There you go. All right, Wendy, so it's time for Camera Corner. We want to learn some more about lenses, the glass. So fill our brains.
1: This is absolutely one of my favorite things to talk about because I love lenses. And once you start, you just can't stop. You need to have all the lenses everywhere.
2: (laughs) Spoken
0: like a true hardware addict.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So when you're sitting down to pick a lens, one of the things you want to think about is angle of view. So when you're taking that picture, how much of the landscape do you want to see? Do you want to be able to see a lot? Do you want to be able to really zoom in and just see a little bit? What is that distance you're wanting to look at? Then you need to consider how much light does that let in? And that's when we come to the F stops or the aperture on the lens. So the wider, the smaller that number, the wider that lens opens up and the more light it can let in. So the darker situation that you can be in and still get enough light on that sensor to get a good image.
2: Is there and is there that, too much? light? Is there a, a, such a thing as too much light?
1: Well, there is because you can have an image that is completely washed out and you have no detail or you can have an image where there's uh, not okay. enough light and it's too dark. So that's where you would make that. some that other t- <laughs> but it it's still a good question though to ask so what if you have what if you have too much light then you can either step that down and close that aperture up or you can put filters on your lenses it depends on the look you're going for and that comes into the third main point which is depth of field and that is how much is in focus and how much is blurry the wider open that aperture is the less is going to be in focus and the more stopped down it is or the smaller that aperture is, then the more that is going to be in focus. So if you're going for a look and you want a really nice blurry background and you want your subject in focus and there's too much light coming in, then that is one of those situations where you'd have to put a filter on to get the look that you're wanting.
0: Interesting. Now, one of the problems I constantly have with pictures, taking pictures and cameras, is this light situation where I'll take a picture, maybe it's in an area of my house that's not well lit and it's all grainy and you know doesn't look good. So that's where that manual control of the aperture is important yeah. that you were talking about and lower lets in more light, not more aperture.
1: Yeah, so if you have a lens that has a 1.8 aperture, That means it can open up really big. And that number, there's this really funky math problem that goes along with it. So what that number means really depends on the size of the lens. So if you have a lens with a really long zoom and it can open up really wide to let a lot of light in, that lens is super heavy. There is a lot of glass in there and it's really big and really expensive.
0: So I just need to spend more money. Great.
1: Well, it could be, or you could learn how to use some of those manual functions. One of the reasons why you're getting graininess, especially if you're in auto mode, is in order to compensate for how dark it is, it's really cranking up the ISO. And ISO is how sensitive your sensor is to light. The more sensitive it is, then the more artifacts or greeniness that you will get in that finished image. So there's a compensation for turning up that sensitivity.
0: So there's something called aperture priority mode I've seen on cameras. Yes. This allows you, this is where you would go into to just set aperture and that's your only focus. You're not probably changing ISO there or is that?
1: Yeah, you're not changing ISO or shutter speed. So you're focusing on what look you want. How much do you want in focus is a really good reason to use aperture only mode.
0: Nice. So what are some other things we should consider when looking at a lens?
1: Some of the things you consider, consider is definitely, especially for people just starting out, is, is price. So you're most likely going to get a zoom lens. There's, there's two different kinds of lenses. There's zoom, where it changes the focal length. And then there's a prime lens, where it's a fixed focal length. The wonderful thing about the zoom lenses Is you get a chance to play with things, especially in kits that have two different lenses. One that's, um, goes from really wide to about a 55, sometimes 75 millimeters. And then they'll have another lens that goes from 75 to maybe 200 in those zoom ranges. And that gives you the ability to really play with distance and they're more, they're not as expensive And they're not as expensive because as you zoom in or out, it changes how much maximum light it will let in. So if you look at those lenses, it'll have an f-stop range. The low range is when it's fully zoomed in. And the largest number is when it's fully zoomed out. So it lets you know that there is a light difference there between one setting on your lens to the maximum setting on your lens.
0: Very nice.
1: If you want a lens, like I said earlier, that will... Really reach out there and let in a lot of light. You're spending two, three, four thousand dollars on that lens, they get really expensive, and part of that is the glass on them.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! I could buy a brand new thread ripper for that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, you absolutely could. You could buy a brand new thread ripper for that. But one thing about lenses is sharpness, so you can have the absolute highest and sensor in the whole world. You could have a Hasselblad medium format camera, so those are extremely expensive. You're looking at 35 000 to 40,000 dollars just for the camera body alone. You can have this ex- super expensive camera body and stick a crappy lens on it and you'll get a crappy picture. That's all there is to it.
0: On a $35,000 so by... camera.
1: Yep, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. It's not all about the sensor. It's about the quality of glass that you put in front of it. Because if you think about it, those lenses are taking the surrounding light, they're focusing it on that sensor. So the higher quality of the glass, the higher quality of the manufacturing that goes into that lens, the better the picture will come on the outside. So not everybody can go buy an extremely expensive Zeiss lens, and I don't expect everybody to. But depending on what your applications are, then you can think about what is my image going to look like. It's definitely one of those situations where the amount of money you put into it definitely affects the overall quality of your gear. And if you can only spend so much on your total package, go down on the camera body and spend more money on the lens. You'll get more out of it overall. That's great advice. I do want to add, though, don't shy away from the old lenses. I am a huge fan of these old lenses. Some of them have the motors in the lens themselves. And so you have to have a camera body that can run those lenses, which most of the new ones do. And then some of them have the the camera body itself is the motor. Some of them are manual. I've got quite a few lenses that are manual. So don't shy away from the older lenses. You can pick them up for really cheap. You can get adapters for your newer cameras. It's a great way to add glass to play with things and to just explore the world and not have to spend so much money.
2: Is it, is it possible to get a really old lens for a decent price, like under a hundred dollars and it no, not be all damaged and stuff like actually be a good quality thing. Is, that You,
1: you like- really want to pay attention if you're buying old lenses to make sure. So these are things you want to check out. If you're buying older lenses, make sure there's pictures or you can pick up the lens and look through it. Is it clear or is that foggy? If it is, you want to turn the knobs on the lens, if you can hold it, Make sure everything is gliding good. But for the most part, you can pick a lot of these up for under $100. One of my favorite micro lenses, which is a manual focus only, I got for 55 bucks. I absolutely love that lens. I have done a ton of bug photography with it. I wouldn't trade that thing for the world.
0: There you go. Well, thank you, Wendy, for schooling us in the world of lenses. That's it. Our fifth episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you all for listening to the show that brings you your biweekly tech fix. If you're not all lit up on tech yet, then be sure to check out all of the great content on the Destination Linux Network. Head to DestinationLinux.network to check out all the podcasts and YouTube partners available there. There is just a plethora of information to
2: fill your brains with.
1: Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow.
2: See you next week for another great Xperia One Two Punch episode of Hardware X. <laughs> oh, <fine. laughs>